What a beautiful, what a wonderful, what a powerful name the name of Jesus is. We'd like to welcome you to this time of worship together, whether you're worshiping on live stream or Facebook live. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to worship with us 
And we pray that wherever you are this morning, you might feel the presence of the Lord, that before this service is over, that you might know just how special Jesus Christ is and how beautiful and how wonderful and how powerful the name of Jesus Christ is. And it's our prayer that if you do not have a personal relationship with Christ, that you might come to know him even today. I can't think of a better time than right now to give your heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. So thank you so much for worshiping with us. And every week we have a time of prayer. This is a time where we humble ourselves before an almighty God and we acknowledge that we all struggle with sin. We've all made mistakes. And maybe you're going through a, a rough season in your life right now on top of everything else that's going on. Maybe you're hurting, maybe you're suffering, maybe you're battling depression, addiction, loneliness, whatever it may be. I want you to know God is able to meet you and me right where we are and to bring us from this time of hardship. So I'm gonna invite you at this time, if you would go to the Lord in prayer with me, may we pray together. God, thank you first and foremost Thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross to save us from our sin. Words can never adequately express our gratitude for everything you've done for us, how great you are. And Father, I'm so thankful for this time where we can worship. Father, even though our worship looks different today, and it's looked different for a while. Lord, we are grateful that we still can get the message out through technology. Lord, we just pray that folks, wherever they are this morning, might feel your presence and your power and your love. And Lord, that you would remove any distractions, remove, God, any ill will, remove any hard feelings, remove any bitterness or anger. Father, may there be a clear passage from your heart to ours and our hearts to others. So help us, oh God, today. And forgive me, Lord, for any sin that might be in my heart or life. God, I want to be a pure and holy vessel. I don't want anything to stand in the way of your voice from being heard and your message from being proclaimed. Father, I pray this morning for folks that are battling some form of sickness or illness. We have several within our church family battling COVID and we pray God that you would bring healing to them and strength. Lord, we have folks in the hospital that are going through very difficult times Oh God, would you anoint them and heal them with your divine power. And Lord, bless the doctors and nurses that give care. Lord, we continue to pray for our country. God, our nation must come back to you. And I pray, God, that you would bring healing in our land and that you would bring unity. And Father, as far as it depends on me or us, may we live in peace with one another. And Father, we pray for our leaders, for wisdom, for guidance. We pray, oh God, for our churches. This is such a trying and difficult time to minister. God, you know my entire life, I have begged and pleaded for people to come to your house to worship. I've pleaded with people to give their hearts and lives to Jesus. And Lord, that continues to be my desire, that people would come to Christ. And Father, when we're able to do church more normally, that this place would be filled and overflowing with people wanting to worship you. And thank you, oh God, for all of our volunteers and 
safety and risk management team and so many who have worked so diligently to keep people safe as they come into this place. Thank you, Father, for the team effort. And Father, we give you praise again for your faithfulness and for your love. And Lord, I pray that today that folks as they prepare for Thanksgiving would, would be thankful that we all would be grateful. And Lord, when we are thankful, then everything else seems to pale in comparison to what you have done for us. So help us to stay focused on you and to be thankful. Lord, I'm still praying for greater days of revival and spiritual awakening to wake up people from their spiritual slumber and may they see the importance of a personal relationship with Jesus. And may that take place even now. So, Father, we love you. We praise you. I pray you administer through our musicians and through me today and speak to all of us. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we trust you to bring. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Amen. If you have a Bible close by at your home or wherever you are worshiping with us today, I invite you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I'm grateful again for our worship team and, and uh, Lori, our musicians, for being here today. Thank you all for leading so beautifully and powerfully. And I ask that uh, you would continue to pray for them and for me as we lead this time of worship. Beginning with verse 3 of 2 Timothy chapter 1. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Amen. I know you all agree with me that he is mighty and holy is his name. Thank you all for reminding us in such a powerful way how great God is. He is mighty and he is powerful and he is holy and because he is holy, we too are to be holy. I always like to share a little humor with you to get you prepared to, to hear more important things, but I have a friend, Joe, who told me that he was going to begin a diet. And I said, I can't believe it's Thanksgiving week and holiday uh, is coming up that you're going to go on a diet. He said, well, it's, it's the Dolly Parton diet. And he said, I recently went on the Dolly Parton diet. And he said, uh, ever since then, it, it's been making Jolene, 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 it's made Jolene. Uh, you'll have to ask someone if you don't know that song, but it's making Jolene, Jolene. Okay, over these last few months, I've had several people to ask me the same question. Can you guess what question people have asked me over these last few months? Several people have asked me over these last few months if I would do their funeral. And I wondered why they asked. And then as I thought about it, I thought there's several reasons. One, because most of the folks that have asked me this question are in the golden years of their life, lives. They had many good days behind them. They're seasoned. Another reason they probably ask is because we're going through a pandemic and there's no assurance of tomorrow and they're high risk. And so maybe they wanted to be sure that their house was in order. It's, it's possible that these mandates to stay at home and with the isolation and, and with the loneliness that often comes from not being able to interact with people, that they were thinking about more important things and, and maybe they were thinking about their future and wanting to make sure that their affairs were in order, that their house was in order, that things were planned for their future. And so when folks have asked me, will you do my funeral one day, I've given them these responses. First, I tell them, I hope that's a long time from now. And secondly, I'll say, I would be humbled and honored to do your funeral service whenever that time comes, unless I go before you do. But I would be honored and humbled to do your funeral service. In our scripture today, we, we see Paul, who is in a Roman prison called Mamertine, and this prison was in a cistern, historians tell us, what used to be an old cistern. It's a dungeon a dozen feet underground in this old, dark, damp, cold cell. And Paul is writing from this dungeon. It's believed to have been the last stop for a condemned prisoner before death. And so we know that Paul was placed there by wicked Emperor Nero. And as Paul was in this dungeon, he was thinking about a lot of things, just as some of you being home more and maybe being isolated or alone you've been able to think about a lot of different things. Was Paul was languishing in this cold, dark cell or this cold, dark dungeon or this cold, damp and, and dark cistern or well, he was thinking about his son in the ministry, Timothy. And Paul was writing to encourage his son in the ministry, Timothy, and when he, when he wrote Timothy, he was trying to encourage him. He was trying to encourage him to guard the gospel. He was trying to encourage him to keep preaching 
the gospel. He was encouraging Timothy to be willing to persevere in the gospel and if necessary, to suffer for the gospel. And he also wrote because he was lonely. He was in this cold, dark, damp cell just thinking about these things and he missed his friend Timothy and he longed to see him. But I know also that he was sending a message to the church at Ephesus through this letter as well and through Timothy. But when we see Paul writing these words, I think they're so beneficial to you and to me today. And as we think about our lives, and we've had time to think about our lives during this difficult time, it makes us think about some of the things that Timothy probably was thinking about when he knew that he was probably not going to get out of this prison alive. And so it helps us and me to, to think about that we must thank God with a pure or clear conscience, that we must thank God with a pure or clear conscience in verse 3 of 1 Timothy, or yes, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, Paul wrote, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a pure or clear conscience. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear or pure conscience. Even though Paul was in this dark, damp, cold prison cell, he still had reason to thank God. And when I think about the situation Paul was in as he was awaiting probable execution, it made me realize how blessed we really are. We have so much to be thankful for. And as we approach Thanksgiving this week, I hope and pray that you would join me in thanking God for everything we do have instead of complaining about everything that we do not have. You've heard that saying before, what if we only had today what we thanked God for yesterday? How would that change your life if we were to only have today what we thank God for yesterday. Do you know that every day I thank God for my salvation through Jesus Christ? Every day I thank God for saving me. Every day I thank God for my beautiful wife. Every day I thank God for my three beautiful children. Every day I, I thank God for my Christian parents. Every day I thank God for my Christian brothers. Every day I thank God for my health, for my home, for this church, for allowing me to pastor such a wonderful place. Every day I thank God for the freedom that I do have. You know, if we can learn to have a thankful heart, everything else will seem uh, less important to be stressed about or worried about in our lives. Paul was practicing what he preached. Because over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul said, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And when it says, I thank God whom I serve, he was in prison because of his message of Christ, because of the wickedness of Nero, who did not want the message of Christ being proclaimed. But he said, as my ancestors did, with a pure and clear conscience. What was he referring to? Well, who were some of his ancestors? Well, probably he was referring to some of his Jewish ancestors of uh, Abraham. He was probably referring to Moses, probably referring to David. Now, when he said, with a pure or clear conscience... We know that these great pillars of faith in the Old Testament were great people who served God with 
love and, and with humility, but yet their intention was pure, but the performance was not always pure. What do I mean by that? Well, Abraham passed off his wife Sarah as his sister so as to save his own neck. We think about Moses in his anger killed an Egyptian soldier when he was uh, beating a Hebrew servant. We know that David committed adultery and murder, and yet God used these imperfect vessels for his perfect plan. But you know what it tells me? That God is more concerned about our pure intentions than our perfect performance. He would rather that our hearts be right and that our intention would be pure instead of just trying to, to act the part or to act like we have it all together when in fact our lives are very much imperfect. And when Paul was saying that I thank God whom I serve with a pure or, or a clear conscience, he wasn't saying that he was perfect. As a matter of fact, if you look in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, which he was referring to Christ's likeness or godliness. But he said, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward through Christ Jesus. He said, I have not taken hold of it yet. He wasn't saying that he was perfect. And if you would read back in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he, he shares once again, he said, here is a message that, or a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Did you hear that? He said that he was the worst or the chief of all sinners. So my challenge to you today would be for us to thank God and that we would have a pure and a clear conscience. Do you have a pure conscience today? A clear conscience are there things in your life that you need to get right with God and it's hindering your worship, it's hindering your relationship with others that we must thank God with a pure conscience, with a clear conscience. And again, I believe God desires more our pure intention than our perfection and our performance in the way that we live. It reminds me of a, funeral that I did just really not too long ago. I was asked to share the funeral with another minister, and uh, the other minister was asked to say a few words, and then he was asked to sing, and uh, this minister was an older minister who had retired. He had hearing aids. He had a walker where he had just had knee replacement. And as he stood behind that podium and he shared some words from the Word of God, and then he said, I'm not the, I'm not the best singer there is, but because my friend in the Lord asked me, I'll do my best. And I want you to know he sang Amazing Grace. And I was touched. I was moved because his intention was pure. And he didn't sing with a polished voice or, or with a trained voice, but it was straight from his heart. And I have to tell you, God spoke through my friend and he spoke to me. And when I talk about us having the right, pure intention and not so much the, the performance, that's God's amazing grace. He loves us even when we can't finish maybe what he intended for us to start. 
and God blesses and will use those who have the right heart and the right spirit, who have a clear and a pure conscience. Paul was in that dungeon thinking about all these things. And so first and foremost, he said, I, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear and pure conscience. But secondly, we must be challenged to tell people how we feel, to tell people how we feel, honestly tell people how we feel. As few would read on in verse 4 in our scripture, he said, as day and night, I pray constantly for you. Recalling your tears, I long to see you. Because Paul longed to see his son in the ministry, Timothy. And he shared with him that he missed him and that he had been praying for him and that he was longing to see him. He said, I recall your tears. And he wanted that opportunity to see, I think when we're in a time of pandemic and a time of loneliness and a time of isolation, how important it is that we tell people exactly how we feel. Now, understand we must practice Ephesians 4.15. We must speak the truth in love. We don't just pop off and say, I've got the green light to just tell. I'm going to tell you how I feel. That's not what he's saying. But I think we need to speak the truth in love. And this wasn't a sign of weakness for Paul. This wasn't that he was emotionally weak or, or he was just growing soft there in the, in the prison. No, he was man enough, godly enough in his relationship to admit that he was lonely and that he wanted to see his his friend, his brother in Christ, his son in the ministry. And so he was telling him exactly how he felt. He was saying, look, I've been praying for you constantly. He says, I remember the last time I saw you, you had tears because you hated for us to be apart. And he looked forward to when he could be with him again. And so we must think right now, maybe about some things that we need to tell people. And uh, I think about Proverbs 3, 27. It says, do not withhold good from those deserve it when it is in your power to act upon it. Did you hear that? Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act upon it. And so, if you know there's something good that you need to share with someone, then do it. James 4.17, James, the brother of Jesus, had written, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. There's no greater inspiration than when we can tell someone, we believe in you. We believe in you. And we want to encourage you. That inspires people. Paul was saying to Timothy, Timothy, I believe in you. And I want you to continue to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And so do you have someone that's coming to mind that you need to go to them and you need to be open and honest with them so that healing can take place and so you can move forward in your relationship. Just recently, I was talking to one of our church members who shared with me that they had an ex-spouse who actually came to them and apologized for everything that had happened in their marriage and their failed marriage. And they were sharing with me how grateful they were that this person had taken the steps to come and try to make wrongs right, to try to make amends for all the ill will and all the fighting and all the, all the arguing that had taken place and how healing it had been for their family that this ex-spouse could come and try to make things right. And this person owned up to their share of the responsibility 
and said, I was not uh, completely at no fault because I did my share as well. But this, if there was ever a time to thank God it would be today, and if this was ever a time to tell someone how you really feel, that's, that's what Paul was doing. He was telling Timothy basically how much he loved him. He had been praying constantly, and that's 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, to pray without ceasing. And he was saying, I, I remember recalling your tears, and he looked forward to when they could be together again. But then lastly, we need to uh, talk about what's most important. We need to talk about what's most important. He said in verse 5 of 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy chapter 3, he said, I am reminded of your faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and, and lived in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded also now lives in you. He said, I'm reminded of your sincere faith that lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you. He wanted to talk about what was most important, which was his genuine faith. There's no greater gift that grandparents and parents can pass on to their children than the heritage of their faith. And I want to ask you today, if you are passing on to your children or to your grandchildren the heritage of a genuine or sincere faith, pastor, author, Dr. David Jeremiah said a important question for all Christians to ask is if you were standing on the threshold of eternity, and as you look back over your shoulders, would you be able to see that your faith is living on in others, especially in your own family, with your own family members? As we're looking back, would we see that our faith is living on in others, especially in our own family members? During this time, let's talk about what's most important. What should be most important with the uncertainty of everything that's going on in this world, the most important thing should be our relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible makes it clear. All of us have made mistakes. For all have sinned, Paul wrote in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 10.9 says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Romans 10.13, Everyone, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let me ask you today, what's most important in your life? Or more importantly, who's most important in your life? If it's not Jesus Christ, and I pray you would do some soul searching today, and that you would allow the Spirit of God to come in and convict you of your sin, that you would repent, which means to have a change of mind, change of heart, change of direction, and that you would start living for Jesus because he loves you today. And he wants to forgive you. And I have to tell you, it makes my job a whole lot easier when I do a funeral if I know that person had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry to tell you, there are many times where I don't know, and not even their own families know. That's why it's so important that we talk about with our families, with our friends, of what's most important. I want to close by sharing what I had 
shared with you on many occasions. I've actually even shared it. I shared it recently at a funeral years ago. Tim uh, Lovelace was a comedian and a, well, a singer, a Christian singer and comedian. He and his wife, Mary Alice, came to our church a couple times over in the little church across the street and they both did a beautiful job. Tim could play about every kind of instrument, and Mary Alice had a beautiful voice. Tim had a good voice, but more than that, had such a joyful spirit. And uh, I remember he was selling some T-shirts after the, the concert, and uh, the one T-shirt that one of our church members bought it for me and uh, it's, it's put away in a drawer somewhere. I don't think I ever wore it out, but I really should. But it said, live your life in such a way that the preacher does not have to lie about you at your funeral. And there's a whole lot of truth in that. Live your life in such a way that the preacher does not have to lie about you at your funeral. You know what, I always love what I can say when I don't even know the person very well, but if I know that they know Christ, then that's the most important thing to share, that they had a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Think about when Paul wrote this. He was awaiting execution, and tradition and strong evidence say that he would be beheaded by wicked Emperor Nero. He was in that small, closed-in, cold, dark cistern or old well 12 feet below ground, and yet he was thinking about what was most important, having a genuine faith with Jesus Christ. Do you have that today? Don't let another day go by. Don't let another moment go by without being sure of your eternal life. And all you have to do is open your heart and pray to receive him. Christian, is there someone you need to go to today and say, I'm sorry, I love you, forgive me, so you can have a clear and a pure conscience so that our intention would be pure whether they receive it or not? Because we know our performance, we can fool some people, but we can't fool God. And then I pray today that we would be thankful. We would thank God with a grateful heart for what he has done for us through Jesus. Aren't you ready to do that even now as we pray? Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there's anyone watching today that's never given their heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, may they quit putting off and putting off and putting off. Lord, we're not promised tomorrow. That's why we must get our houses in order today. That's why my dear friends asked me to do their funerals. They were wanting to be prepared. They were wanting to get their affairs in order, to get their house in order. Oh God, may we get our spiritual houses in order today by praying a simple prayer to say, dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Oh Lord, maybe there are Christians that need to pray a prayer asking for your forgiveness. And Lord, that we as Christians may need to go to someone and tell them, speak the truth in love. Tell them how we feel. Father, that we're upset or that we love them or that, Father, we're sorry or ask for forgiveness. Oh God, if we want a pure and clear conscience, I pray, God, that today we would make things right. And Lord, I pray that if there are folks wanting to join a church family, and God, I pray that during this season when we've had time to think that we would never take for granted the time that we can be in this place to worship together. 
Some folks, Lord, I know missed the opportunity to be here in person. And Lord, I pray that when we're able to open these doors again safely, that folks would desire to be in your house. And Lord, if there are folks looking for a church home, this is a special place. I believe we're on holy ground. And I pray, oh God, that we would never, uh, Father, forget to thank you for how blessed we are to have such a wonderful church. And if folks are wanting to find a church home, God, I pray that they might come to be a part of this family. So God, give us your strength and your courage, Father, to trust you and to follow you even now. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of commitment, and you can make a commitment right where you are. And then if you would like to contact us at the church, at the office, it'd be my privilege or our privilege to pray with you about your decision. But won't you give your life to Christ even now as we sing this hymn of commitment? Amen. I want to thank you so much for worshiping with us today. We pray that you could feel the Holy Spirit wherever you were worshiping. It's our prayer that you and your family would have a blessed and happy and healthy Thanksgiving. I know that we will not be sending out any questions today, and we will not be having services this Wednesday night, night not even virtual but we'll be back virtually with you next Sunday. Don't forget to make an effort this week to talk about what's most important, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Talk about it with your children, your grandchildren, your family, your friends, whomever you're with this week. Make sure you talk about Jesus. Thanks again for worshiping. We love you and God loves you too. God bless you.
Thank you, and God bless you.